Friends, the Elegant Excellence Journal is coming back, and I am so excited about the changes we have made for you this year. Some you have asked for for quite a while, and some you didn't even know to ask for, but I know you are going to love. So get on the waitlist today at elegantexcellencejournal.com, and I will put that link in the description below. If you aren't already one of our thousands of users over the years, the Elegant Excellence Journal is a guided journal you can use daily or less, that supports you in vision casting your life, setting and achieving your goals, learning more about yourself, and most importantly, being in regular conversation with yourself to self-coach, adjust, celebrate, process, and become more peaceful in your life and more proud of who you are and what you're making happen. So be the first to know when you get on the VIP list at the link below or elegantexcellencejournal.com. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Hello, beautiful friend. I have been sharing over on Instagram for the last couple of weeks, my Instagram stories, about the fact that I've decided to just keep showing up over there, even though I'm going through hard things and I'm processing hard things and I am not ready or able to share what those are and so it feels awkward to just be like, hey, I'm kind of struggling. Hey, things are sort of hard right now. And it also feels hard to do that because you don't want to just seem like you're complaining. Like it's such an awkward space to be in. But I was like, the options when things are hard are either to hide and just disengage. And this isn't just if you have a following on Instagram. This is, you know, in your social life with the friends that are texting you, with going to, you know, out to events. And you're saying, I just don't, I just don't want to get into it. I just don't want to talk about it. So I'm just going to like pull back. And because Instagram is part of my business, that's then a business hit to do that. And that's true for a lot of us in more ways that we realize. You're like, actually, having these friendships is part of my mental health. Or, you know, if I disengage from people, then I feel even more lonely and that exacerbates what I'm going through. So a lot of us can be in that scenario where the fleeing, the situation, and the kind of hiding can, can exacerbate and make things even harder. Or you fake it. And you're just like, everything's fine. Um, and that is just I'm I'm allergic to doing that, not in like a morally superior way. It's just my DNA. Like lack of authenticity makes me want to vomit. And I'm just like, what is the point? Why would I exert this energy <laughs> to just fake it? So then your other option is to be authentic. But ye gads, when you are going through hard things, it is so hard to keep talking about it because you feel like, and I know everyone can relate to this, you feel like people are tired of hearing this. People were empathetic in the beginning and sympathetic in the beginning, but now that it's been eight months, now that it's been 18 months, and I'm still in this bad situation, I still am processing, I'm still in a hard circumstance, I still am healing, I still am grieving, whatever that is, 
it can feel like, oh my gosh, is this person going to be, is this friend going to be annoyed that I'm still talking about this? Is my small group of church going to be like, oh my God, this is what the prayer request is every time. Like, can't you move on? Is the community on Instagram going to be like, haven't we moved on from this? And so you get so in your head about sharing. And I think there is a little bit of a difference, maybe. Now, I haven't been in this situation, but there is a traditional type of grief that we are more supportive and understanding of. If you are widowed and you have lost your spouse, no one is thinking, why are you still processing this a year later? Like we, we've we heard about it's so hard that year of first, your first, their first birthday, the first Christmas, the first anniversary. the And then there's even other milestones and we can understand that. Now it was the first day that your kid was going to preschool or to college or whatever and they should have been there. So I think we do a better job when it comes to the most universally understood concept of grief, which really is death. And I think the reason that we are better at holding space for that is because we know every single one of us has been through that or will be through it, will go through it. The only way you're not going to is if you are unlike unlucky and you die before anyone else you love. But if you are lucky and you have a beautiful long life, you are going to go through this and it does not matter how emotionally healthy you are. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how many friends and family you have. Like nothing protects you from that grief. And so even if you haven't been through it, you know you know it's coming. Like it's out there. I'm going to be 40. What is which, which Meg Ryan movie is that? You've got mail or Sleepless in Seattle or When Harry Met Sally. <laughs> I'm not sure. But we know that it's out there. But there is so much else we go through that unless you have been through it, you just, you don't know. You can't feel it in your bones. And in some ways, this can be referred to as disenfranchised grief, which is like grief that goes unvalidated by societal norms. That maybe you feel like people don't talk a lot about the grief of ending a friendship or the grief of miscarriage or the grief of walking away from a dream that you poured a lot into. But I also want to highlight today that we're not just talking about grief. And I I think grief, if you want to use the word grief, wonderful. But I also think for some of us, it can, or, or for some of, of you, because I would say that word feels appropriate for me, But I also think it doesn't have to be grief. It can just be any hard thing that you are going through. You are going through something very hard right now. The economy is very hard for you. The housing market is very hard for you. Your your child is in an incredibly difficult stage in life that is very hard for you. Your marriage is in a hard season. The the industry that you're in is changing. Like any of those things can, can lead to the same scenario of I felt dread when I woke up today. I burst into tears at the smallest thing today. I'm having trouble sleeping because of my anxiety. I just, I have a pit in my stomach. Like any of those things, it doesn't have to be only the biggest, hardest, heaviest, worst things. There is such a spectrum there. And I think that what I found on stories is I keep acknowledging this feels awkward. And then your DMs are like, 
Thank you for sharing though. Like I am in tears. This is exactly what I needed to hear. This is so where I'm at today. I truly feel so much less alone seeing that someone else also is going through something. And a lot of you also commenting, and this goes back to the very earliest posting I did on grief, which I believe was in August. Um, I'm actually going to pin some of these on my Instagram stories. So in case you come across this and you haven't been on Instagram, you're not seeing my things on your your feed, you haven't been following along in stories, you can kind of get a little recap of what this experience has been. And when in August, when I first started sharing, I wasn't able to share the details. I still haven't been. And I said there actually was a beauty in that because no one said, A, no one invalidated me. No one was like, that's not a big deal because you didn't know what it was. And also no one said, she's overreacting or I don't get that or that that doesn't resonate with me because the details were removed and all you saw was the emotion and the pain and all you had to say was I have the the, the past pain in me or the present pain in me sees the present pain in you and by removing the details it actually invites so much more of us into the, the processing and the experience, like no one is excluded and also makes it a safer space for me, honestly, because I'm not afraid yet that someone is going to judge me. You know, when I'm able to share more of my story, yes, I'm sure that will be there. Are there going to be people that are like, oh, if I'd known if this is what it is, I wouldn't have thought what she was going through is so hard. But right now, that is not the case. And you have been DMing me that as well. Some of you have said like, I, I want to thank you almost for not sharing the details, even though I don't know how much you're electively choosing to do that, but it's allowing me to feel so seen. And 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 you guys have said, not to put any pressure, Hillary, when you want to share the details, share the details. But right now when you're not, I, I feel so seen. And I think that we do that so often where we think that the circumstances are different and so we're not we're not the same. We're not going through the same thing. But it actually is so poignant and powerful, right? That if you only look at the pain and you can resonate with the pain, then you feel so connected, so not alone. You realize how much we have in common. And sometimes when we get to the details, that's when it starts to feel different. You know, it reminds me of gosh, I hadn't thought about this. It reminds me of the week that I spent in the psychiatric ward, um, hospitalized after having suicidal ideation. I talk about that in the very first episode of the podcast. If you haven't heard that, um, you can go back and listen. And there was – everyone is wearing a hospital gown. And the hospital that I was at was in a low-income part of town. And because everyone is wearing the the given hospital clothing, there was no differentiation of income level. You couldn't tell. Nobody had makeup on. Nobody had hair products. So you couldn't tell like, oh, that woman's more put together than that woman. That woman's has nicer clothes. That person has nicer jewelry, nicer shoes. Like all of that was gone. And there was such – because I remember at one point after building relationships with other people that were there, because mostly you just sit around and talk to other people, um, I remember a while in, a penny dropped for someone and they're like, oh, you live in the fancy part of Brooklyn. And it was like it hadn't occurred to them, we don't all live in that neighborhood. Like that that they lived in a lower income part of Brooklyn. And actually, my life might be very different from them. But we all just had this similarity. And so we were able to just connect 
on the pain that was the reason we were there. We were all struggling with loss or grief or trauma or something. That's what we had in common. And it was so beautiful and powerful. It was so incredibly healing to me that week. I've said often, I think one of the reasons I rebounded, maybe, a bit of an odd word, but rebounded so well after such a traumatic season of my life was this excruciating nightmare slash somewhat beautiful, quite beautiful experience of being with all of these other people who had very different stories and yet our pain was the same and no one was looking to invalidate anyone else's pain because we obviously all were just in pain. So that's the experience that's happening right now and it's really beautiful and it is it's still awkward for me. I still I I, I want to just show up and be more like bright and hopeful and talking about things that I've already healed and like that just feels It feels so much easier, but I really thank you for your DMs and your comments on these these posts, um, you know, when I put them on my feed because it is encouraging me that there is a value in sharing the hard from the midst of the hard. And from that, I, I I heard a friend, my friend Ashley Lemieux, who has been through a lot of grief in her life and has written and processed a lot of that. And... I found some post of hers, I can't remember if it was an old post that I came across or something she said recently about grief is a tunnel, not a hole. And I want to note again, that word grief could just mean whatever hard thing you're going through right now, just the hard circumstance, the that it's a tunnel, not a hole, meaning you are getting through it. You are making progress and or like... If you stop or quit, like if you deny it, if you distract from it, if you shove it down, if you tr- if you try to not be honest about whatever it is you're going through, you're you're just sitting in the middle of the tunnel. You you are electing to be there, and if you can create any forward motion, you will be getting closer to the light at the end of the tunnel. And whatever work you are trying to do to process to do the best that you can, it's it's not digging you deeper, even if it feels worse, because you're like, now I'm having to acknowledge the anxiety that I'm feeling. Now I'm having to be, I'm having to spend time with it because I'm sitting with my Elegant Excellence journal as opposed to numbing it by running around with a million activities all day. And that doesn't feel good. It feels like I'm going deeper into the hole and I'm making it worse. But actually, even when it feels bad, you are moving forward through the tunnel and making things better. And the tunnel might might also be, because I think when it comes to grief, grief is not a decision, right? Like grief is a thing that's happening. But what we're talking about is broader than that. If it's just a hard thing, sometimes being in the hard thing may also be deciding, I think I want to quit this. Like this, this friendship is so hard. This workplace is so toxic. This romantic relationship is making me so miserable. That's the hard thing that I'm in. And I don't have to stay in this tunnel and just keep going. It might be wise for me to, there is a detour in the tunnel where I'm like, there is more light in this direction. But either of those energies, whether you, because like I I saw something on Instagram yesterday that that made me think it was the like, you know, like don't quit mentality, like just keep going. And I was like, that's not always 
that's not always the right answer. Because sometimes when you're in a miserable job, when you've been trying for years and your business just isn't working, when this romantic relationship, this friendship, whatever, like when this thing just isn't working, keep going isn't the answer. The the answer might be release this thing and go to a tunnel where there is more light. Go to a – make the detour into the tunnel where you feel like there is more – hope and healing down that path. So I don't think it's as simple as just keep barreling your way through the tunnel. Sometimes, a lot of times in these scenarios, if it's just, if it's death grief, there is no choice but to keep going. But if it's family trauma grief, like you might decide your options are fight, flight, or freeze to continue fighting to be heard or seen in this family is now just banging my head against the wall. That is not the tunnel I want to keep going down. I instead am going to freeze and I'm just going to accept the things that I cannot control. I cannot change these people. I'm going to do what's best for me emotionally. I don't have to cut them off, but I'm going to take this tunnel to the right over here where I am... I don't have to keep going to like try to get them to understand me if they're never going to understand me. So I don't think it's that energy of just keep going as in you can't leave the circumstance you're in, right? But I think it is keep going as in believing that it. what is forward progress? What is the brightest light at the end of the tunnel, of at the end of which tunnel, of the options that are available to you? And the phrase for me that sums this up is how is this happening for me? How is this happening for me? I have shared this phrase before on here, but I don't think I have repeated something else to myself more in the last eight months that I have journaled through it, cried through it, you know, from from the depths of defeat, from like really good days of hope in conversations with my husband and conversations with my team. Like, how is this happening for me? is so powerful in both ways of either I am staying in this tunnel, but this is leading me to this experience that I am walking through. I genuinely am going to have a better future because of this. I am getting mentally healthier. I am shoring up my foundations. I'm developing more inner confidence. I am better allow, learning how to allow and release control over life. Like this is happening for me that me, Hillary, three years from now is going to be a better person because of this. I'm actually going to feel better in my body. It's going to feel better in living in my head. My thoughts are going to be better. I'm going to be safer in myself because I have this wisdom. I have this strength. I have this skill set. Sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's just in the circumstance. 18 months from now, five years from now, I'm going to look back and see there, there are wins that came out of this. That doesn't mean it's okay. I'll talk about that in a minute. But there will be wins that come out of this that I can look back and be grateful for those wins, even if I'm not grateful for the full scenario. Or maybe I will be grateful for the full scenario. Because again, we're not necessarily talking about death here. Am I ever going to be grateful that this person died? No. But everything else that is grief and trauma and healing and loss and mourning and um, and hard, hard things, we actually might be grateful. If we could see the choose-your-own-adventure-of-life, we actually might be happier 
six months from now, 18 months from now, three, five years from now, because this happened? Is this happening for me? And this also can be, is this happening for me because it was a closed door, because I was released from this thing. I now have more freedom because this thing that I did not want to end, I did not want to be the case. This was not the story I was fighting for. I was fighting for this career, this friendship, this marriage, this business, this you know, whatever it is, this is the story that I want. I do not want this outcome. But is there any chance this is happening for me and I actually could be happier on the other side of this? So let me give you just a real-time example of of how I see this play out, just how how I saw this play out just in the last week. So I'm going to be vague on the details first so that you can find a resonance in your own life. I got a text message. What text message for you would make your stomach drop and your fight or flight go on major alert? Now, again, we're not talking about death. We're not talking about so-and-so died. But we are talking about, you know, who's the person that would text you like, we need to talk or call me when you get this or something, you know, like where you just get that and you feel that like your stomach drops your your cortisol spikes and you're just like my body is flooded with anxiety. I get this text. I feel this in my body. I acknowledge I'm feeling this in my body. I go say to Jeremy, I just got this text. Here are my fears. I I process aloud. It's it's because of my past trauma in X Y and Z situation that I'm having this this feeling right now. It's not dramatic. I'm not being over the top. I have been unsafe before I in when this thing has happened. So my body is responding to, oh no, is this a sign the lion is going to attack us? Like we've heard that sound of the lion's roar before. The body goes into fight or flight. That makes sense. So I process it. I acknowledge what's happening. I take a half a Xanax to because it is the fastest way to physically calm my body when I'm in that extreme stress. I know that I can't deal with this for two hours because I'm heading into a meeting, but I decide to address it as soon as I can. I'm very proud of myself. I don't put it off. I don't like say like, oh, let me get back to it, you know, tomorrow or something. But I also don't like throw out the, you know, the, the thing that I have right now that I have to do. When I get on this call, I don't ask as it's happening, how is this happening for me? Like that did not occur to me in the moment. It is just a bummer of a conversation. And I'm like, I am disappointed that this is happening. I'm not thinking, you know what the silver lining of this is. I'm not thinking, this is great. I'm not thinking, um, how is this happening for me? In the moment, that's not what my response is. And it's not until three days later that I'm in another situation and I go, wait a minute, what happened a couple days ago? Might actually be a really good thing that might actually be happening for me. And I want to share that because I want to acknowledge I'm it's not always in the moment when the nervous system floods, when the thing happens. I do not want to make it sound like I'm just able to stay so calm and so zen and I'm just never flustered. No, I was like my body is on alert. I need a tool, which for for me in certain scenarios is Xanax. 
I am verbally processing this. I am talking through what's happening. I am not, you know, invalidating that I'm on this call being like, I'm bummed by this scenario. And it's not until a few days later that I'm like, wait a minute, maybe this isn't such a bad thing. So in my instance, this example was someone on my team gave their notice and said that they were moving on from the team. And as anyone who is a business owner knows, that is, it's like if you are in an apartment and you got to have two people paying the rent and your roommate gives notice. And you loved that roommate. You had no problem with that roommate. You were never thinking about like, oh, this person's kind of annoying me. I sort of wish that they would leave. I think it could be better. It is great. It is easy breezy. And you're like, oh, now I have to find somebody else. Like, it's this thing of like, oh, that is, that was not something that I wanted to invest my time in because I was not unhappy with the way things are going. And now there is more work on my plate. And as an entrepreneur, that means I'm losing time, I'm losing money, I'm losing progress. It is a huge deal in a business when, in a small business in particular, but in any business, just for everyone to know, when you quit a job, you cost your business money. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't go and move on, but it just is the way it works. There's no way that they're like, oh, we didn't you know, miss a beat from that. And especially on a small team, this is not to guilt anyone. We've all got to live our own life stories. I'm just validating that on the, the side of, you know, you're, when you're, your nanny quits, when your childcare quits, and you're just like, I've had this happen to someone on my team recently where her childcare quit, and she's just like, oh my gosh, like... I just, I feel like I can't catch a break here that like we've had so much childcare turnover. It's so hard to find someone. Now the clock is ticking. You know, I think their their childcare gave like three weeks notice. And she's like, I've got three weeks to find someone or how do I keep doing this job that's, you know. So these things make sense. I'm just kind of validating when that happens. It makes sense that you aren't immediately zen like, this is going to be a good thing. It's normal that immediately you're like, oh my gosh, this is not a good thing. But then three days later, I'm, I, I'm working on a project and I find a gap that we have on our team. And I have this sort of new aha about this is really the skill set that we need that we don't have right now that would kind of unlock this next process that we're talking about. And I realize maybe now we can just look for that skill set when we replace this person, which would never have occurred to me before because... I love this person. I was not at all considering, you know what? They have a they don't have this skill set we need. Maybe I should just let them go and find somebody that that's doing what they do but also happens to have strength A instead of strength B. That was not at all on my radar. It was only because their life path led them in another direction totally unrelated to what's happening in my life that I was able then to say, "Wait a minute." Maybe the universe is working for both of us. Maybe there is a better path for them because they're wanting to make a change. And maybe it's actually a better path for us. Maybe this isn't happening to me. It is happening for me. And I think that's a scenario that we can all relate to when maybe it's you get fired. Maybe it's there is a very uncomfortable conversation in your friendship. And, you know, the, the getting fired, you're like, I did not want to have to look for a job right now. But maybe the next job is better. Maybe the friend conversation that is so uncomfortable actually makes the friendship better. 
Or maybe it actually brings to light that this friendship is kind of draining to you and maybe isn't the best fit. The you know, how we, how is it happening for me that we had this conflict in our you know, romantic relationship and it's either for me that it's going to make us stronger or it's for me that it's going to show me this is not the right person. You know, is there a, a family fight and you're like, I kind of think this is happening for me because fill in the blank. Like now people are understanding that this person is kind of manipulative and they're seeing what I've gotten to see or I now am off the hook because... I don't have to travel there for the holidays and I didn't really want to. And now that this scenario happened, I've got a good excuse. Whereas before I really didn't, like, could this be happening for me? If I got injured, my friend Jenna just got um, injured last year and she was like, it was like a spiritual experience having to get knee surgery because it slowed her down so much. And she is such a fast paced, go, go, go person that she was like, it felt like the universe intervening and being like, how is this happening for me? What can I learn in this season? If you are in a a business crisis or, uh, you know, things are are not going well in your career, am I going to do something to deepen my foundation? I'm going to get extra training. I'm going to work on my systems and processes. I'm going to address the weakness over here. Is there something that actually is happening for me where I will be able to thrive and succeed more? two years from now because I was forced to deal with something that if something hadn't blown up, if something hadn't changed in the market, if someone hadn't quit, I wouldn't have readjusted for this. And I think this exists. I mean, something I've been thinking about a lot in marriage is when there are conflicts with Jeremy and I, when we are miscommunicating, when we have different preferences, when we're getting triggered in different ways, I choose to see marriage as a spiritual refining process where I'm getting to the point where I can better ask, how is this happening for me? How is this making me address something in myself that is a weakness that I want to grow in? How is this increasing my ability to be compassionate for someone else's childhood woundings, not just want to defend and explain mine. You might feel the same way as as a parent. Like, how is this spiritually evolving me as a parent that my child is having these meltdowns, that my child is having these struggles? How is this actually making me a better person, a better parent, because I am learning something from this that even though it's so uncomfortable right now and I wish it wasn't happening and it is inconvenient and I didn't have time for it today, I didn't have time for it this week, oh my gosh, can't I just get a break? Like, why is everything building up on top of each other? But if I can also say, how is this happening for me? Or could this be happening for me? Could I actually be better X months or years from now because of something that I got out of this? Which is not always true. And I think these are the times when when we play it out. You know, a lot of times I try to play things out in a lot of different scenarios. And it's why I give so many examples when I, I teach on these episodes of like, you know, we just talked about marriage and parenting and friendship and work and family and all these different things. Because I want to run it through this thing that I that is helping me. Does it feel like it's a pretty core truth? Like there's a lot of application for this. I'm not just creating this niche little scenario that works for me, but it's not going to apply to any of my friends. It's not going to apply to folks if I share it on stories. So I'm always looking, like kind of 
uh, giving it the stress test through a lot of those. But for something to be universally true, there are rare applications for that. And when we're talking about our our thoughts and choosing good thoughts and healthy mindset, emotional mental health, there things are not often completely universally true in every situation. And when we think of the most extreme situations, for example, how is the earthquake in Turkey and Syria happening for those people? It's not. It absolutely is not. And that's where we can start to get into problematic thinking where we're now looking at the fact that the circumstance happened for a reason. Not all circumstances happen for a reason. Not everything happens for a reason. But when we look at those most extreme examples, how does an earthquake that has killed 12,000 people so far, that is so far from the fight that you are having with your best friend right now. Like, those are not anywhere close to apples and apples. Like, you know, we're talking about like an apple and an elephant. Like, why are we trying to compare those? So if you bring it closer to yourself and you say, What in your life are examples of things that have happened for you? What are your personal receipts when you look back in your life that things actually have happened for you? Now, this isn't saying that you don't also have a list of all the, I'm going to keep it clean for little ears, all the stuff, all the four-letter stuff that has happened to you that is not okay. That is not cool. You would not choose it. You would not wish it on anyone. It is not okay. You got that list too. But you also do have a list of things that have happened for you. So when I think about, I had a best friend that I had falling out with years ago, and we were roommates at the time. And while I would not have wished that that could happen, I would have wished we were both more mentally and emotionally mature and healthy and we could have better processed that relationship um, and we could have retained that relationship. That would have been my preference. But how it did happen for me is I ended up moving in on my own and I always thought I would feel lonely living by myself and I loved it. It was such a good season for my mental and emotional health, my spiritual health, all of that. It was so good for me to live alone and I wouldn't have chosen that if someone else hadn't pulled the rug out under me when I would not have elected to move out. But when she decided I'm going to move out and now I'm like, this is happening to me. It wasn't until I moved into the new place and had a week by myself that I was like, oh my gosh, I think this is happening for me. I'm so much less stressed and less anxious when I'm living by myself. Then that apartment had a bug issue. The bug issue I won't even talk about because I don't want to cause trauma for other people who've had that or uh, trigger for other people who've had that trauma, but it was deeply traumatizing to me. For years, I lived with this trauma. I mean, it just was so hideous. It was not happening for me in that way. It was, yes. And since it happened, since that was the reality in that scenario, what happened for me is that I reached a breaking point with it and I decided to move and I ended up in an apartment that I loved so much more. If you remember my apartment with the like bay window and the really tall ceilings and the huge chandelier, Um, It was just, oh my gosh, I loved that apartment. 
well, something horrible had to happen in order for me to get to a better scenario. I still don't wish the horrible situation had happened, but I could see it got better. Things got better. I had to go through a breakup before Jeremy in order to now be single to start dating Jeremy. Like that thing had to happen, but it happened for me. I'm so grateful that guy I dated before him didn't have his stuff figured out, was in a certain place where his life in his life where he hadn't dealt with some stuff, I'm so grateful for that because that allowed me then to be there to meet Jeremy. I had uh, another friendship fall apart a couple years ago and it was so excruciatingly painful. It's still painful. And yet it also did happen for me because I didn't feel super safe and comfortable in that friendship. The, The breakdown happened because I spoke up for how I was feeling And it wasn't received well, but I wasn't happy before. Yes, it got worse after, but in the long run, it got better because I was able to release that relationship. Now, again, she didn't need to create trauma in that that I had to go through, but I am grateful that that relationship ended. Like there was a for me. And so I really go back to every home I've had has been better than the last. Every friendship that I've had has been better than the last. Like it was a needed evolution. I was going to be at a different stage in my life. And I think friendship actually is a kind of a great example of this because when it's happening and and things are not going well in a friendship, there is pain, there is loneliness, you're losing your history. Like none of that is what we want. And yet, if you've ever had a friendship evolve or devolve, you've also been able to see we were growing down different paths. We were in different seasons. I actually have less anxiety now. We actually were triggering each other. We actually were competitive with each other, whatever. And you can look back and say, it's actually happened for me that those romantic relationships ended, those friendships, the, you know, and not, again, not everyone is going to. When I didn't get Rockettes for my fifth year in a row, There was no silver lining there. That didn't happen for me. So I can put that over in the column of things I wish had gone differently. But do I also have so much in the column of how things happen for me? And I am really finding with coming back to this again and again over the last eight months that the more you look for it, the more you will see it. The more you will see examples of how things are happening for you. And the more you say it, the more those around you will say it. Because I keep coming back to this, my team comes back to this. And I'm like, okay, guys, I had another example of how I think this is happening for me. Or, okay, I don't know what this deal is, but I'm I'm choosing to believe it's a happening for me. It's happening for us. And now my other team members are being like, I like this energy. I agree with you. Here's how I think this is happening for us. Jeremy is able to pair it back, parrot it back. Maybe this is happening for you, babe. Maybe we don't know yet, but maybe this is happening for you. Maybe this is going to be a good thing. And again, doesn't mean that it happens for a reason. It just, it happens full stop. But something Jeremy said the other day that's really been helping me is, you know, from our Christian faith, he was like, God is a God of redemption. Like he doesn't cause the bad things to happen, but his role is is how can he redeem this situation? How can he take a bad thing that he did not cause 
and make good out of it in in spite of it. So it's not saying I am okay, this happened always. And sometimes you are. Sometimes it's as simple as that person gave notice. I was bummed about that for three days. And then I went, wait a minute. I think this is actually better because I love that person and I would never have thought to let them go. That was nowhere on my radar. But since they opened up that space, we can rethink this seat on the team at the exact moment when we were going to have to find someone to cover this skill set anyways. And this actually is less complicated, et cetera. So sometimes it is. I think that was happening, like, I think that happened for a reason. I'm actually cool that that scenario happened. I'm okay with it. There's a lot of other times. There's another scenario in my life. I am not okay with it. It is like, it it did not happen for a reason. It did not need to happen. It did not need to go down the way that it went down. But will I be better in spite of it happening? Will I be better in spite of it happening where I'm still not grateful it happened because that gets touchy into I am happy about having to go through that trauma. And that's where we start to get real defensive because we're like, I don't, I don't want to get anywhere close to acting like I am justifying the, the way that I was treated or that happened. But if we can really separate it with a full stop, it happened, full sentence, with that fact, I've said this another episode recently with that fact can it be can there also be a redemption out of it and there was a video i saw on instagram that i absolutely loved it was tom hanks he was doing it was like it was like a hollywood reporter where they bring on all the men that are you know um up for best actor at some awards show or whatever so he's at a round table with like jamie fox and these other people and he said something to the effect of when things are really hard when nothing is going your way, when everything feels like it's falling apart, you remind yourself, this too shall pass. And when everything is going great and it feels like everything is going in your favor and everything is settled and it's clicked into place and you are thriving and you are so blessed, you remind yourself, this too shall pass. And he said, time is your ally. Just wait it out. Time is your ally. Just wait it out. And I think that's this idea of the tunnel. Like you are in this tunnel, but we are headed in a direction. Time is going to keep moving forward. This is not a hole that we are stuck in. This is a tunnel we are moving through. Whatever circumstance, whatever scenario, whatever mourning or processing or grieving, it's I'm like I'm like taking my hands and and moving them forward like I'm like throwing a ball over my head. Like we are moving down the tunnel. Time is happening and time is your ally. Just wait it out. But then this idea of how is this happening for me makes that waiting hopeful. Now, I'm not just muscling through. I'm not just white knuckling to the good moments to be like don't have something bad happen, don't have something bad happen. I'm not bracing. Because when the hard things happen, I am also sometimes through tears and total exhaustion asking, okay, God, how is this happening for me? Am I actually going to be better on the other side of this? And is there going to be then some gratitude for it? It's a belief that it does ultimately get better. Again, separating out, that doesn't mean the war in Ukraine means life is getting better. No, that's apples to elephants. It doesn't mean that there aren't these atrocities. It doesn't mean death. 
Is your life better because your spouse died? No. No, like that's that's apples to elephants. We're taking those extreme examples of grief that we all are 100%. You don't have to say another word. This is not disenfranchised grief. This is not hard, hard things. It is 12,000 dead, devastating. War for a year, devastating. Losing your child, devastating. Losing a parent, devastating. We we acknowledge all of that. But in the all the other things in life, which is the much larger scope of what we go through and we're processing on a daily basis. Can we find evidence that it gets better? Can you find evidence that you've gotten better, Your, you know, that certain areas of your life, maybe certain areas of your life still aren't. Your finances haven't gotten better. You still aren't sure what you want to do in your career. You still haven't found your person, like, uh, romantically. But are there other areas in life in which you or this area has gotten better where you can look for evidence that the universe has your back, that there is a supportive energy behind you as opposed to an an attacking in front of you? That's the like, this is happening to me. This is happening. I'm like putting my fingers towards my like, uh, towards my chest, like aggressive, like "Mm, this is happening to me. Versus a pushing from the back, from your shoulder blades. This is happening for me. The universe has my back. I do not want to be shoved in this moment. Thank you very much. But am I moving further down the tunnel? Is time my ally if I just wait it out? And I think if it's the adage, if you believe in God, that God works all things together for good. That's just another way of saying the universe has your back, that God works all things together for good. Now, that doesn't mean that all things are good. It means that the your whole story has goodness amidst the hard things, and every single human has hard things. But amidst those hard things, your whole story has goodness. It is getting better. More things are happening for you. You are moving through the tunnel to a better light, a better future, and time is your ally. You can wait it out with hope that it's getting better. I hope that encourages you. That is what I am processing for myself, saying over myself. There are some times when I feel it more than others. (laughs) Um, There are some times when that feels easier to believe. There are moments, there are days, there are examples. And then there's also times when it just feels hard and heavy and so sucky and I I want to scream and cry and like punch the wall. So again, I never want to make it sound like this is just this zen posture that I'm walking around with, but I am coming back to it more often. And that's because of this work that we do here on the podcast and over on Instagram stories and in the Elegant Excellence Journal and in the Healing Burnout course and inside our Elegant Excellence community. And that is the work that we are doing all together and that as you lean into that more, you listen to the episodes, hear more, you show up on, uh, you, you tune in on stories, you join the courses, the communities, the products that I've created to support us in this. I can tell you all of this work, everything that I'm offering has made these hideous 18 months, 19 months in various ways um, 
has made it more bearable. And I think that's my best message that I I would go back and tell myself five, 10 years ago. You are in pain right now over things and you can be in less pain if you will do more of this work. Keep going in this direction and the circumstances aren't going to get easier, but it is going to feel easier to walk through them because you are more emotionally and mentally healthy. You better understand your mindset. You are stronger in your ability to self-coach. You know how to heal your burnout. Everything we talk about with this mindset of elegant excellence that you are invited into by being here. And I am so proud of you in advance for being here. And I am so grateful that you are here because it is helping me to heal and to feel less alone what you are sharing in comments on Instagram, DMs on Instagram, um, comments and shares inside the Elegant Excellence community, and even your reviews on this podcast, which I appreciate so much if you haven't had a moment um, to tap the stars and write even one sentence um, of of how this has helped you or why you were grateful that there's a community of people like this that exist. So I am grateful for you and that you exist. And I will see you right back here next Wednesday with grace and gumption. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately is two novels. I just finished a book last night that my friend Ashley Spivey has been raving about for years. And I... It was on sale on Kindle and I purchased it. It's called The Idea of You. I will link it in the description. And I did love the book. I stayed up too late, multiple nights, reading the book, which as much as it, as much as I don't like staying up too late, I also so value when I find a book that really sucks me in that I want to stay up late reading for. It's one of the best like dichotomies in life, I feel like, is the problem of Ugh, I'm tired because I was up reading my novel and the delight of, oh my gosh, I just love people that can write novels that really captivate you in this way. So that book was called The Idea of You. However, little caveat, I still loved the book and I'm glad I read the book, but it ended too abruptly for me and I felt it needed an epilogue. So my advice would be read the book knowing this is not going to end in a very satisfying way. And I am then, I'm going to see this as a choose-your-own-adventure where I am going to come up with my own epilogue. I'm going to write the ending for these characters. And I say that because, or, or I even say this in that I don't like to criticize authors and books. I think it is phenomenal anyone who writes anything. Now, if I fundamentally disagreed with something or thought it was like damaging that it was out there, but I don't go around being like, I gave this a three out of five. Like, I'd only just want to recommend things that I love. But I'm telling you, I did love the experience of reading this book. And in my mind, I'm probably grateful that I didn't know that it ended unsatisfying. But I also think if someone had, if someone had told me it this way in advance, it's going to end and then you get to write your own epilogue. Now that I kind of almost like. I think if I knew that going in, And I'm reading this book thinking, how do I want this to end? How do I think this should end? What would be satisfying? And the author is going to leave this open to me. Now, whether the author intended that, I don't know. But this is the Hillary Rushford Collier way of reading things where I'm like, okay, I don't want to be bummed that I read that book because the actual experience, wait, guys, I didn't even think of this when I added this into the PS. How is this happening for me? 
I loved the experience of the book, right? I'm not disappointed that I read the book. I loved it. I just didn't love the way it ended. So how can I then not be like, ugh, bummer. I'm frustrated that I spent that time. How is this happening for me? What's happening for me is I now get to decide what happens to those characters and I get to get creative and fantasize in my head. However, it also does make me want to recommend another book, and I can't remember if I've recommended this here before, but it is one of the novels that I read in the last year that the characters just stayed with me so much and I kept going back to it. I just loved the characters and they just really lingered for me. And it's a very similar story in a lot of ways, different but similar vibe to The Idea of You. This book was called The View Was Exhausting. And I'll put that link below as well. The View Was Exhausting. That was really similar vibes and it ended with the epilogue that I'm wishing was in The Idea of You. So if wanting to do that work at the ending is not speaking to you, please go read The View is Exhausting. I adored it. And both of these, by the way, are like, um, they're not rom-coms. Like, they're romance. In neither one of them will you cry. I'll say that. Like, I need a warning. If I'm going to be sobbing at two in the morning because of a book, like, I just don't have that in me right now. The last couple years of my life have just been too hard. I just don't have it in me. I don't I don't really want to read books that make me cry. But they're also not fluffy. Like a, a, of a rom-com where I'm just laughing throughout. Great. Love that as well. These are a little more like, ugh, I'm feeling for these characters. What's going to happen? But like, you know, n- no one dies. There's not a like, you know, devastation, devastating scene. And so, or I don't know if no one dies in either one. I don't know. No one, no one, the main characters don't die. There's no one, you know what I'm talking about. So, um, On that vibe when you're just like, yes, I want to be sucked into a story. I don't want to be crying. I want there to be romance. I want it to be like, will they, won't they get together in the end? I'm not sure how this is going to play out. Um, You want the epilogue written for you. The view is exhausting. You're okay adding it on for yourself. The idea of you. Both of them kept me up late wanting to read more. So I'm not saying anything negative about the idea of you, but I also will say the view is exhausting. I just... I kept four months thinking about those characters. And even as I'm saying it right now, I'm like, I almost want to go reread that book right now, which I never feel about books. But I think there just was something delightful about the writing. And that book was written by a duo of writers, which always blows my mind. When two people write a book, like I can't comprehend how that would work for a novel. Um, And they haven't written anything since. And I feel like that came out a few years ago. And so I really want these, this pair to write something else. Because of course, whenever I I love an author, I'm like, please write something else so that um, I can enjoy it. So just manifesting out into the universe that maybe they are working on another novel. So if you are feeling like the view in your life is exhausting um, and you're looking for a little bit of a respite to occupy your brain and just let you sink into a world that isn't totally mindless and fluffy, but also isn't going to make you cry, this is my for your consideration for today. You're welcome in advance. Till next Wednesday.